it was actually very tough. The first field I did, I mean, I was waiting in the field for wind to go down, temperatures to be right. You can't just jump in the tractor and go. I mean, temperatures got to be right, wind's got to be right. A very fun thing to do, but yeah, it's, it's very precise to make it work. Global shortages are causing farm input costs to skyrocket. A better way to farm shows you how to take control of inputs and maximize profits so you can farm the way you want. Now, from America's heartland, here's your host. We want to say a special thanks to each of you who have taken the time to review the podcast. And each week we feature a review. Today's review comes from Reimer Farms. And they say, lesson to be learned. I've been following the Better Way to Farm Facebook page and listening to all of the videos Rod has posted for almost two years now. The best part is at the end of the video, and now the podcast, I feel as though he's been talking to me personally, not to a crowd. Lots of wisdom, freely available. Keep up the good work, and thank you. Thank you, Ryan Farm. We appreciate it. Well, good evening. Rod here at A Better Way to Farm, where we help growers improve yield and increase profit. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. We appreciate you uh, following the podcast. And I would like to say, if you find value in what we do, please give us a rating at the end of this after you listen to it, share it with a friend. We would be eternally grateful. Thanks. So tonight, we're very, very lucky because I have a really good friend of mine from Minnesota who has graciously consented to give some of his time and take part in this. And I would like to introduce to the call my good friend, Brian. Brian, thanks for joining us. Thanks much, Rob. I appreciate you being on the call. The focus of tonight's call is predominantly, we're going to talk about some other things, but predominantly, we want to talk about drought tolerance and being able to take a little more dry weather. As I understand it, you had a fairly dry year last year. Is that correct? Yeah, very dry. I'm 41 years old, helped farm since I was a little kid, and it's in 1988, I believe it was really dry. I don't really remember it being this dry, but yeah, it was, it was pretty dry. <laughs> nice. So uh, can you give us some idea what you did have for rainfall this past year? So I believe from, say, mid-April to that mid to late July time period, we had uh, about 3.6 wow. inches so of waterfall. So for the heart of the growing season, that's what you had. That's not good. I believe it was also a little warmer than usual up there, correct? Yeah, extremely warm. We had some of the hottest temperatures that I've seen. <laughs> Unbelievable. So let's dive in here and talk about the fact. We'll do a little comparison to you just started with this. I believe this was your first growing season you just completed, correct? Correct, first season. So talk to us about the things that you implemented that you did differently between 2000 and 20 and what you did differently in 2021 and then we're going to tie those back into how those helped out with being drought tolerant and the results so i'll actually start a little bit before that in 2019 we were all 100 percent dry broadcast um i purchased different planter in 2020 we were able to run liquid on that planter i did not have enough time to get set up to run in furl Started fertilizer, um, I was just able to run 32% with ATS dribbled out the back. So we ran a couple test strips without dribbling out the back in 2020, and otherwise our dry broadcast was the same in 19 and 20. We ran 10 gallons out the back of the planter with three gallons of ATS. That summer I had built a 
very generic side dress bar, wide drop setup out of a six row old elevator, just dribbled along the row. We did about 10 acres of test strips and it turned out to be quite a big difference in yield with the wide drop and the planter nitrogen. And for 21, we decided we were going to find some sort of inferral system. And that's how we ended up with Conklin and also with Better Way to Farm. Awesome. You know, it's interesting because you mentioned about dropping that 28 out and putting that thiosol with it at 120026. And that's one of the many things that's the key to drought resistance is to have all of your nutrients there. And we'll talk more about that. But that we know that sulfur in and of itself really helps take a little more dry weather. And so that was a really good move on you guys' part. So now let's go ahead and get into 21. What did you, now you've already been putting stuff, you know, two by O, so to speak, out the back. And then what did you add in uh, 21? So I went to uh, the pro egg training and basically, I mean, we took soil samples that fall, sent them in, and we did whatever the soil sample said. I mean, to the T. <laughs> we ended up putting rebounders on our planter so we could drop inferral fertilizer starter. We ran uh, two fifteen nineteen is what we used and all the micros. I mean, everything it needed, it got. Um, we had some farms that needed copper, other farms that did not need copper. We had manganese were, I mean, I need seven pints of manganese according to my soil test. I mean, financially, it's tough to do. We put on as much as we could afford. Our levels of boron were 0.4 to 0.6, and we all know you need well more than that. <laughs> yes, you do. On a brighter note, Brian, the manganese levels will improve as you use manganese. Yep. That will not be that way forever. The boron levels, we're probably stuck with buying boron for the rest of our life. That's just reality. The, that, that's what I've been told, Rod. I'm uh, pretty excited, though, because my boron levels are, have actually increased some. But Good. I'm also guessing some of that has to do with we just had extremely dry weather and right. it didn't leach didn't leach away on us. Correct. And so that there'll be some value in that. So you added in all of the micros and all of a sudden you started to see some things. So let's talk about how the neighbors' crops dried up in relationship to yours. What kind of a time frame was there difference between when their stuff got burnt and when your stuff started to show burn? So we actually ended up combining some corn this year earlier than we ever have because we this little farm that's north of us that's on some pretty big clay hills and that stuff was still green when we were combining it and it was at 20% and there was some neighbors in the area that were combining and they were in the mid to that 26, 27% moisture and a lot of their stuff was much drier than ours as far as greenness goes. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by our new partnership with Solar. We're saying goodbye to our electric bill. The solar company we have partnered with has made things so quick and seamless. They finished our installation on two of our projects within 24 hours. The company we're working with even financed the project at less than 2% interest with no money down. You can get your free quote at www.abetterwaytofarm.com forward slash solar. Interesting. So their plants were greener, or their plants were more dry or dead, so to yep. speak, but their corn, the actual grain, was quite a bit drier, which goes which, back to plant health. If we keep that health plant healthier, 
then all of a sudden it will dry down better than if it just died. And so Correct. that's not to be startling at all. Talk to us about some other results that you saw doing this. So we also did wide drops this year. Again, I built a bigger bigger bar so we could do 12 rows of matchup with our planter. And we were running 10 gallons, and it was just shy of three gallons of ATS. But then we also needed potassium. We're really low on potassium on our farms. So I was running potassium thiosulfate, two gallons with my nitrogen, my 32%. And I had a number that was kind of almost unbelievable. I had a 16 bushel difference. I, I'm pretty fortunate that I did it on my whole farm <laughs> and just did a nice. small strip, but it was 16 bushel. Just for the two gallon of potassium thiosulfate? Correct. Wow. That's a pretty good ROI. You're talking about a product that right now is about eight bucks a gallon, so it's going to cost you $16 in today's dollars. 16 bushel of corn, even at six bucks, is going to be, you know, $96. That's a pretty good, pretty good return right there. And so that's, that's exciting. So did you yes, run some other tests on things? Tell us what else you saw. So we foliar fed a lot of our corn. I seen, uh, I mean, we went off tissue samples. What the tissue samples needed, we put down. We did, uh, took samples at that V1 to V2, sent them in. We were foliar feeding that, that, four to five V range. We were putting down whatever micronutrients that Conklin recommended and we were putting three eighteen eighteen down with for fertilizer. It's a interesting process for your first time, but it's it's kind of fun doing stuff in the dark. You don't always get to do stuff in the dark. <laughs> uh we had a boat uh on our fuller feed stuff that was about a six bushel difference. Six bushel. Okay. So uh, fair, that's we're we're looking at several dollars back there too in today's market value. And the thing I'd like to remind everybody is this: foliar feeding results tend to actually come in percentages, not in bushels. And what I mean by that is, typically you're going to pick up somewhere in that you know eight to fifteen percent increase. So if you're in a drought and you only get a hundred and ten bushel corn and you get eight percent, you know you pick up what eight and a half bushels. If you're in a good year and you've got 200 bushel corn, all of a sudden you pick up 16. I think that was probably one of the things that worked against you on that. It's risky to foliar feed drought-stressed corn. You obviously had to do this really late in the day or really early in the morning, I take it. It was actually very tough. The first field I did, I mean, I was waiting in the field for wind to go down, temperatures to be right. You can't just jump in the tractor and go. I mean, temperatures got to be right. Wind's got to be right. A very fun thing to do, but yeah, it's it's very precise to make it work. Just, I want to put a shameless plug in here, but I believe you're buying a drone. Is that correct? I am. I am actually starting up a uh, business. I'm going to do custom applications with a spray drone, foliar feeding, fertilizers, fungicide, pesticides, cover crops, whatever, whatever needs to be done that I can do with it, I'm going to try and do. And basically, correct me if I'm wrong, but if people would be interested in letting you do some custom work with that anywhere in the, what, the southwest quadrant to the west central part of Minnesota, they could contact us here on the Facebook page at A Better Way to Farm, reach out to us, or give me a call, and you'd be happy to go help them out, I assume? More than happy, yes. At the moment, I have one drone. I'm hoping that I can actually get enough acres lined up that I can maybe get a second one. Otherwise, 
if it works out, I'm for surely going to have a couple for next year. <laughs> nice. Well, because you can fly them in tandem and do twice as much. That's really cool. Correct. And I like it because it is going to be precise. You know, you're going to outline those fields exactly the way you want. It's going to be, you know, basically a GPS type of a thing. And I'm excited about that. So with the results, you saw a significant stay green, so to speak, when everybody else was turning brown, correct? Correct. What would you attribute that to? What are some of your thoughts on that? I mean, when I was looking for a system to use, whether it was, I mean, I did a ton of research before I found Conklin. I mean, everything that I found, everybody's like, oh, just put this micro pack in. It's got iron in it. We have so much iron in our soil. We don't need iron. <laughs> um, right. I mean, calcium, we have so much calcium. When you start doing research on all this stuff, you realize that if you don't need it, you don't want to put it in. If you need it, you need to put it in. And stuff stays greener, stays healthier, and dries down. And the one thing that I got to say is this year that I noticed, the stuff that we pushed harder in the drought, we had pest weights. I mean, we've seen 58 to 60 was not uncommon. Wow. I'm going to presume that 58-pound test weights were fairly uncommon, though, when you're part of the world with other people, yes? Yeah. There's a few people that you see with 58, but a lot of times it's 56, 57. On my uncle's stuff that we also farm with, we didn't do any foliar stuff on his. He was 56 and a half to 57. Okay, so, so you gained a full pound plus there. That's awesome. Yep. That is awesome. So, you know, to those of you who are listening to the call, I just want to say thanks to Brian because he's done a great job of talking about what he did and some of his results. I think that we can attribute that tremendous response of that potassium style sulfate that we have to the fact that he was short on sulfur. And we know and short on potassium both. And all of a sudden, when you put those adequate numbers in there, you start to see great responses. But the key is this, guys. Plants uptake water, not only to get water, but they uptake water because they're trying to uptake nutrients. They do not eat, they drink, and every nutrient that goes into the plant goes in in some kind of a liquid, so to speak, form, part of the soil solution, if you will. And in the process of making sure we have adequate nutrients in everything, we cut down on the water consumption. If Brian hadn't have done this and his plants were still short on potassium and still short on sulfur and still short on manganese, and they would have been like all the neighbors, and they would have just kept drinking, and they drink, and they drink, and they drink, and they suck that water out of the soil until there's none left to get. That's one of the many reasons that people who use our system become drought-resistant. We can take a lot more because we don't have that luxury consumption of water by those plants in the process of trying to get enough nutrients in. And so, in essence, that's what Brian accomplished here. I think he saw great results with that. Brian, as we get ready to close out the call, is there anything else that you'd like to say? I do have to say there's one other product that really shined for Conklin for me was Wex. Wex um, goes with your pre-emerge spray, and we own an older sprayer that, I mean, we always get plug nozzles. It's a battle (laughs) to not get a plug nozzle every tank load. And I sprayed all year long, started off with Wex, I never cleaned a nozzle this year. And if all you know about cleaning nozzles on sprayers, they're not a lot of fun. I don't care what the product costs or if it did me any good, it was worth it just in the not having to clean nozzles on a sprayer. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. 
And it is one of the products that actually it does. I didn't, I wasn't going to bring it up, but since you did, it does help with drought resistance because WEX always increases root mass. And the more root mass we get, the more nutrients we can get, the more moisture we can get into the plant. And so we know invariably that it's going to do that. It's been doing it for almost 30 years. And so that's great. Well, I appreciate you bringing that up. Well, guys, I appreciate you tuning in here on the call. It's an honor to have you take part in this. I would encourage you to swing by a betterwaytofarm.com on the website, take a look at what we're doing there, take the profit calculator and uh, answer five questions and see what you can pick up or learn that might help you make some more money. Swing on over to the Facebook page where you can go to A Better Way to Farm on Facebook and take a look at some of the videos that are there to help you. And we would appreciate it if you would give us a rating. We uh, sincerely thank you for all those who have done that. And with that being said, guys, we're just going to tell you that we really do hope you're having a better day. A better way to farm dot com. You're listening on the Verbal Crowd Network. Find more great shows at verbalcrowd.com.